in front of a live studio audience, it's the Dice Breaker Podcast with your host, Matt Jarvis! It's Friday. Hello, welcome. We're back once again. We've made it through the week. Uh, Just about. Clinging on. We're back with the Dice Breaker Podcast. Uh, I am Matt Jarvis. I'm your host. I'm joined this week by two of the team. Uh, I'm joined, of course, by my wonderful compare... Is that the? Is that the? That's what I'm going with. Compare it's, it's the compare monkeys. Michael Wills Wheeler. <laughs> Hello, it's me, the other gay dad. <laughs> How you doing, Wills? I'm good. Thank you for having me on once again. I'm once again bathed I mean, you in work shadow. Here, so yeah, well, I can't you know. keep you off even if I tried. <laughs> well, you could. To be fair, <laughs> I, I still answer to you. Um, yeah, no, I'm. It's, I still can't figure out the lighting in this room, but it's fine. I'm just going to look very dramatic for the rest of my career. Yeah, it is always very dramatic uh, where you film. It's just, yeah, a real kind of like noir. I feel like you should be in black and white. There should, like, be like, um, should be like neon bar signs floating past the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, also joining us, of course, uh, Alex Meehan. Hello, welcome back. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Uh, I'm so glad you managed to escape from those wolves, Matt. We were very worried Wolf. last oh, week. Oh yeah, when you weren't here. Yes. Yeah. It was but, the um, <laughs> you, Yeah, you were running from those wolves for about a week. Mm. You must have been exhausted. Shout out to Tracy. Says... I really thought you were referencing the thing that we filmed this morning. Yeah, no, um, me too. Where... I got I got tripped up by that. I just no, wanted... that was me. Well, shout out to Tracy. <laughs> says, "Hooray, Matt's back. Nothing weird happened at all whilst you weren't around." Honest. Yep. <laughs> Look, I know what the team's like. I know. <laughs> It's like yep. rolling rolling a die and just being like, is it going to be Danny DeVito this week? Is it going to yes. be some kind of F-bomb in the voice of a beloved Disney or Star Wars character? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. That, that is, is a classic. You, um, you, don't, you don't wheel that one out, you know, too often. That's, that's, no. you got to save that one up. Is it going to be heavy euphemism? But you you got yes. that out of your system earlier this week, Will, so... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah disgusting behaviour. Catacombs, uh, let's play. Why does everyone say catacombs, by the way? Like, it's honey. Catacombs? Yeah, catacombs. 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 Catacombs? I don't know. It's probably just the... Posh, like, East Anglian British part of me coming through. It's like I swap endlessly between scone and scone. Oh, it's a scone. I, I think yeah. if you say scone, yeah. you're just looking for a fight. <laughs> well, it's, it's a scone, and then you eat it, and then it's scone. Oh, so. okay. All right, Matt. What, <laughs> what, have we, what, what can we look forward to on, on this week's episode of the podcast? What can we look forward to? I'll tell you. We don't normally do a rundown at the start, but you know what? What we used to. <laughs> we used to, yeah, but look, we got structure. Uh, we'll be chatting about what we've been playing this week. Uh, then we're going to go over the more recent news, including the winners of this year's Asdor mm. um, board game award, which uh, I'm sure we'll agree with, and there will be no <laughs> kind of contention there. Uh, and then we're going to chat about the new edition of Betrayal at House on the Hill that was just announced, and we're going to come up with our own ideas for some haunts that we'd like to see at Betrayal at House on the Hill. Oh, uh, I'm scared then, already. <laughs> yeah, you should be. They're terrifying haunts. And if you're in the chat watching live, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you are just listening on Catch Up, hey, thanks for joining us as well. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to listen live, we are live every Friday from 2 p.m. GMT. And if you are in the chat, hey, drop us a question, just say hi. Uh, yeah. And we'll pick out some of the best by the end of the show and answer them if you want us to answer something. It can be about anything you want. So chuck it on in. But let's get rolling. This week, Alex Meehan, let's kick mm. off with you. What have you been playing? What have you been doing? 
Oh, what have I been doing, Matt Jarvis? Uh, well, <laughs> that's what I just asked. <laughs> you know, making the best life, sort of uh, surfing mm -hmm. on the wave of existence. Uh, but also, <laughs> I've I've played a game. Um, no, Mr. Jarvis, I played a game. I know, shocking. Come now, did you? <laughs> um, I played. Eldritch Horror. Ooh. Um, mm. Yeah, a back to that old chestnut. It's been a good few years since I touched that game because there was a period in my life where I just played it all the time. And that's quite, you know, uh, a feat considering how long a session of that game takes to play. It, that is the thing. Every time we go back to Eldritch Horror, I forget just how long it is. Like, and it's not a bad thing because I think the scale of it is one of the the best things about it. But it's really long. Mm. We started at about seven o'clock, and in the evening. In the evening, okay. yes. Oh, uh, and we finished at one a.m. I was oh going to say, God. like, I don't know, I don't know what you're expecting, but. <laughs> <laughs> There are, there were like six of us playing. Oh my lord! Which is quite a large number of people for Eldritch Horror. It goes up to eight. Yeah, usually. that's the that's the other thing I always forget is like it's a really big game. Like eight people is like party game size. But it's like I feel and like it's one it's of those games game. where the addition of players doesn't really make much of a difference apart from the amount of time everything takes, right? Because it's basically yeah, just like no. you know it, playing it solo and playing it with four people. You still go through the same cycle each, don't you? Yeah, the game is balanced to the number of players. Uh, it actually does it in a very clever way, where um, obviously having more players is is a good thing for for the the group because it means that you've got more actions to perform uh, before the start of each Mifoff's phase, which is bad. Mm -hmm. So, Eldritch <laughs> Horror is a co-op game based in the Arkham Horror Files universe. I feel like I'm reading off one of my news pieces. Um, which uh, is it's like a big adventure kind of story style game where you're working together to kind of stop the essentially the end of the world being caused by these eldritch beings. Uh, you can choose which one to kind of go off against. Um, some of them are harder than others. Uh, we went up against Yogsavoth. Ah, yes. Mm, a classic. A classic, yeah. The gate Which... and the key or something? The, the sleeping it's... god? The dumb god? Something like that. <laughs> uh, it's a big pile of meat chunks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big homunculus mm. sort of thing. And uh, Yogsafoth... Oh, Matt Jarvis uh, oh, internet. Uh... I'm going to keep going. I meant there to hit mute so I could type on the keyboard and I hit the wrong button. I'm so sorry. You muted your video. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I loved it when the camera went back on and we just see that cheeky little Matt Jarvis face. <laughs> sorry, I just hit the wrong button. I was trying to see if you the clacking of my keyboard because I was about to type a... Uh, don't down. type! Pay I don't remember by the end of the episode like the funny things we say for the titles. Oh, okay. I'll let, you get on with, I'll let you get away with that one, but I'm watching you. <laughs> Otherwise, it's back to the back of the class with the dunce hat on mm. um yeah no uh e i'm trying to remember what i was going to say now um yoksafoth is his whole deal is like gates yeah. so yeah. in eldritch horror 
uh, there are these things that appear that are like gates and the interventional gates, and they usually bring in bad monsters and stuff that you need to fight. And that's in every game, regardless of what god you play against. But Yogg-Sothoth is all about them gates. Uh, and we were playing with the Secret Tome uh, expansion, the one that includes uh, the snake uh, elder god. Um, Yid, I think it's called. But it also <laughs> comes with this special... <laughs> it comes with this special deck of cards that you play with Yogg-Sothoth which basically creates unique gate encounters. Mm. So the core game comes with a deck of gate encounters, but then with the expansion, you've got extra special ones that are unique to yogg And they usually just mean if you fail, worse things happen. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also connected to one of yogg um mysteries that you need to solve. So yeah, there were six of us. I started out playing as... The um, shaman, I can't remember her name, but her whole deal is when she closes gates, she's able to teleport directly to another gate. Oh, nice. She's done it. So I was like, if I play against this guy, it makes sense to play this character. Uh, it went very badly, as Eldritch Horror often does. It went badly for me. Uh, it just felt like I, I uh, like insulted a witch of some sort. And then <laughs> she was like, this one. <laughs> I was cursed, like, continuously just having horrible things happen to me. Which is the fun and also frustrating thing about Eldritch Horror, mm. where just sometimes it feels like you're just getting the worst. Was um was the witch played by one of the Olsen twins? <laughs> Scarlet, yeah? Yeah. Scarlet, yeah. No, it's an Arby, Arby's witch. It was an that Arby's is witch. a reference to a very specific series of YouTube videos. Anyway. I was, I was making reference to Beastly, the film that I have not seen, but oh have watched an entire God. Jenna Nicholson video on. <laughs> I know about that film, yeah. I think I probably watched the same video, but that probably. thing is such... It is such a, a product of its time. Mm. It's, it is like the Twilight phenomenon mixed with Alex Pettifer, who was extremely popular at the time, an actor who had previously been in the Alex Ryder, the oh, only film course. they made based oh, on Alex oh, Ryder. Of course. The book, I saw that in the cinema. It was bad. Awful. Wow. So I was, bad. I was, like, and this is saying a lot for books that Wheels has read. This is a very short list, but when I was a kid, I remember reading Alex Ryder. I yeah, think. I loved yeah. those books when I was younger. Yeah, they were cool. Was but, it... Um, um, What's his name? Anthony. Uh, Anthony Horowitz. Horowitz. Yeah. yeah yes. Who then just went on and did like Young James Bond. So the the yeah. circle closed itself in some ways. He did. A, um, he did a um, Sherlock at some point as well. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. What the television series? No, no. The he did a book in the Sherlock oh, okay. world. <laughs> Sherlock. Sherlock. <laughs> the Sherlock, Sherlock ex expanded universe. Yeah. yeah. The, the SU. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, final note on Alex <laughs> We watched Magic Mike the other day and he's in that film. Really? Yeah, really? we were sat there watching like watching it because it was recommended to us by a colleague, Chris Tapsall, who works for Eurogamer. Had you so wait, so had you never seen Magic Mike before? No, no. Oh my no, god, it's no. so good, right? Chris, it's Chris so Tapsall good. was like, you've got to watch Magic Mike. It's like the tale of male to you know, toxic behaviour being unwrapped. And we were like, okay. And then we start watching it, and Matthew McConaughey is 
in his most Matthew McConaughey mode. He's mm. like, all right, ladies. I'm about to get my yeah. penis out. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's, he is dialing it up to the max in that film. And it's kind of like, I respect this. But we were watching it and there was this, the actor who, you know, the, there was this character who's a young man who kind of gets involved in the, this, this stripping business. Uh, and we this were like, Whoa. stripping business. This, this whole stri- stripping ordeal. Uh, and um, we were like, who is that? Like, I'm recognizing. Who the hell is that? And I was like, is that Alex Pedrova? And we were like, we gotta, we gotta look. So we looked this up, and it was him. I was like, oh my god, that's where he's gone. He's gone to magic. That's what he's doing now. Um, he's Zoe actually was, really good. So he was telling <laughs> me the other day that like. Channing Tatum was like, I'm not doing a third one of those films because the environment was so toxic because oh, no. they had to like starve themselves to get the bodies that, that they show. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know the like classic bodybuilder frame where it's just like, you know, it, they yeah. look they look like uh popping uh God, what's it called? <laughs> bubble wrap. Yeah, they look like they're made of bubble wrap. wrap. Yeah. The way you do that is you get really muscular and then you starve yourself so much that your body like shrink wraps over the muscles Ugh. and it's just not good it's just Gross. not healthy in any way yeah. or shape or form yeah. i mean yeah like channing tatum was like shredded like a ninja turtle yeah in that film shredded like, like the antagonist of the ninja turtles <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um anyway Eldritch Horror. <laughs> <laughs> where's the magic mike board game yeah it's true yeah. i feel it's no, just waiting it, no Magic Mike role-playing game. That yeah, no, that's better. better. That's you better. become yeah, a male stripper. I feel like if they did make a board game, it would be like some awful party yeah. game that's mm. like one step above like Completely the tease me dice. Misses the point of the film where yeah. it's like, hey, maybe the culture around this isn't great because mm. people keep making mistakes and falling into drug and alcohol issues. But uh, hey, look, there's a picture of topless Challen Tatum just ignore everything else. Um... No, I I think I would definitely play a Matthew McConaughey type character in that, if we did if that was an RPG because his whole deal is just I just love how it's like all right <laughs> so into it like again every, we, like it feels like you're referencing what we filmed this morning <laughs> every time he's he's on the screen he's just loving it um just chewing, although, chewing the fat literally yeah he's chewing well I mean he's got no fat to chew yeah but, uh, anyway point, yeah. enough about matthew mcconaughey's levery body <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk there's about... one for the title list matt <laughs> <laughs> uh eldritch horror going out of the gate back in the eldritch horror um yeah no this uh this particular game we played it just went everything that went wrong for me just went wrong like all of the the tests i had to do were for stats that i was terrible at i was like oh great uh i got a leg injury almost immediately oh <laughs> I and think that I got... reduces movement right that's yeah, often yeah, the worst things in those games where you just can't move as far because yes, it feels like you then just burn sucks. actions having to get to where you that want to be so well whenever it triggers um you are delayed which sucks it means you miss a go like oh, which god it's just awful because then you're sat there while like five other people have their turn i this is um, where i can't play because I feel like that's the whole game, just like the but turn it's happens, not sometimes some, something agonizing not. happens, and then you wait for two hours. <laughs> sometimes it's not like I've had games of Eldritch Horror where, like, I've been getting 
you know, improvements on my stats, like absolutely killing it, like picking up spells, having like a great time. But this particular game of El Chora, I was, the, I think our theory was last time they played it, the person who sat in the chair I sat in was also cursed. So maybe it was the position maybe of, was cursed. But uh, yeah, I got a leg injury, amnesia, um, and then I got cursed, actually cursed in the game, which is horrible. Which is where only sixes, you can only pass with sixes. Oh, God. Which is absolutely <laughs> awful. And I chose to die to get rid of the <laughs> fact that I could do anything. I chose Jeez. death. I was like, get me another character. <laughs> and as soon as I got that character, guess what happened? You yeah, get cursed. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, we actually God. won. It was incredible. Like, wow. We, we we finally did it after much hardship. Um, I think that's, the others were on, on point. That's like, what we in the Total War business would call a Pyrrhic victory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, here's the hilarious thing as well. My second character actually died before we could win. Wow. <laughs> like, I think um, some sort of terrible dark deed popped off. And then I just was annihilated or something like that. But... Uh, I had fun. Yeah. I mean, Nathaniel Levy says this is supposed to be fun. Uh, yes, it is kind of fun, but you know, sort of like. There's, um... a, there's a fun in shared misery, isn't there? Like, the sort of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Like, everyone just like, this is mm. so funny how it could go this bad. I feel like this is the the reason I enjoy like Manchester of Madness as well, which particularly like the first number of times you play that game, you probably lose because there's just an invisible timer and then it's just like, well, the world ended. Uh, and you're like, oh, okay, I was just over here looking in a drawer. Uh, and, you know. Matt, uh, that is what, what it will be like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, when, when the bombs finally drop, I'll just be but, like, oh, where have I put my keys? <laughs> but I feel like Eldritch Horror particularly, it always makes me think of it as one of those, like, event games, if you know what I mean? Like like Twilight Imperium, like yeah. Diplomacy, like the games that you get a group together and you're probably having snacks and it's yeah. like an all-day thing. And that kind of takes away the what would be like a very drawn out experience because they lend themselves to just like sparking conversation and uh oh dear mm. yeah there mr. you Jarvis. go there she blows <laughs> this is the mr jarvis who was like oh i'm not yeah gonna, i'm not gonna put a wire in my house for the internet <laughs> yeah yeah this is oh is oh, he back is he back <laughs> I feel like there's a timer, Matt, where it's like... Did you get internet, any of that? You, we got no. some of it. <laughs> if your, your internet will last like up to a point, and then it's like, nah, you're out, son. Nah, you used sorry, up your time allowance. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got the mega uh, out as well, which is good. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's very frustrating. Uh, uh, yeah, you were saying about how it's like an event game, and you get everyone together, and you have snacks and stuff like that. And boy... It was an event game because that night I had beige dinner. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I love beige. Carbs. <laughs> I love a bit of beige. Yeah. Um, mm. those... so it's like a rate my plate section we're introducing to <laughs> yeah, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for, for the US members of the audience, I feel like beige is a UK thing. Uh, um, yeah, I think like you know when Americans make memes about British food, and then mm. that like that's what we're referring yeah. to. Like, 
yeah. what 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 you see people taking the mick out of us for our food is that's what that's the kind of dinner that Mian is referring to. Yeah, we we got the corn nugs. Mm-hmm. We've got the wedges. Yeah, we got the beets. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and a bit of mayo, you know, to just sort of spice it up. Sound great, to be honest. Spice it up with mayo. <laughs> It's beige. What do you expect? Mm. Look, it, it's what I had in my freezer, you know. But I wanted. I was like, this is a special time. Mm-hmm. We're playing El Chora, beige. Yeah. Um. But no, it was. You know what? As much as that game is 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 difficult and it does hate you sometimes, mm. it is it is really good fun and it is hilarious to kind of just be like, oh no, here's another mishap, or just the kind of like wild things that can happen. Just uh, like you go to a city and something really good happens to you, you're like, "Oh, I got blessed! Blessed is amazing. Blessed is the best thing that can happen to you in that game." Um, and then the next minute, you're like, just on a sea space, and then suddenly you, yeah, your leg is is like broken, or you've forgotten who you are, or something oh, like that. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the I mean? What's the card where you you form like a pack? Is it called like Dark Pact or something <laughs> yeah. like that? And then later on, you just flip it. I always like that because it's slightly. So, uh, oh. like, yeah, they can collect. It's like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Um, you well, the group I was playing with uh, were serial kind of. Um, like debtors so they would just constantly be taking debt cards oh which God. you can do when you want to acquire assets but you don't you haven't rolled enough dice to, do, to get the thing you want uh, so they were like immediately taking debts in fact they reveled in it and i was sat here going this isn't gonna end well and the i was the one who played safely and it was me getting all of the oh. <laughs> they were fine no that's but, always um... the way though isn't it it's the, like the you'll debts. be sat there in your hubris like, well, I've been playing very safely, so I'll be fine. And then... <laughs> the game's like, kill me. <laughs> um, uh, the, the debts are good fun because uh, at some point you do need to like... They will come and collect. And sometimes it's as simple as you can do a skill check to try and like overcome them and then nothing bad happens. Other times you just get beaten up and that's mm. it. And you're like, oh, I, now I'm injured. The dark packs are great. They're the ones that you either just have to take because of a, uh, an event you do, or you can choose to take them to kind of improve like a situation or something like that. It's like a risk-reward thing. But there is one of them that when it pops off, you just like you just become devoured. Like, and that means <laughs> you and everything you have is just eaten. <laughs> Which means that usually when you die, you drop all your stuff so someone can come and pick it up. Mm. But with that particular card, which I've actually seen it appear before, you just you just get eaten. And there's another one which did actually pop off in our game, which is you have to choose someone else to be devoured. Like, you can't be you. You have to pick another investigator. <laughs> You're not going to make any friends with that one, are you? <laughs> nah. Um, so yeah, Eldritch Horror was really long, a really mean, but really good fun. I, I love that game a lot. It is, it's great. So oh, um, just listening yeah. to you describe it, I'm like, I should play Eldritch Horror again. I One should just day, get some I really, that and... was your that was your thought process after hearing that. It's great. I love like like me. I love Eldritch Horror. Like I love it for the the way it does like capture the sense of just like desperate scrambling yeah. against 
like a a force that is beyond like your tiny human like abilities. Existence, yeah. Yeah. You've got to embrace the the masochism wheels. You've got to you've got to take it all in and be like, I'm to. ready. <laughs> it, like it 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 actually manages to capture that like cosmic horror thing yeah, of, of you are you know this is this is just like a scale beyond mm-hmm. you because like even in in mansions of mandis you get some of that but normally it's like oh a weird snake thing appears shoot it in the face with a gun yeah whereas like whereas eldritch horror at least has an element of you know you're you're running around and closing portals but actually at some point if the things appear they're very hard to stop yeah yeah like you just... can't yeah i would say for anyone watching on youtube uh, no, actually, here's a better way of saying it. If you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're maybe listening to this in post, or if you you haven't catched caught one of our live streams before, sorry, uh, we do them Friday every uh, every two p.m. every Friday on GMT. Uh, you are really missing out on some fantastic Matt Jarvis freeze frames <laughs> because every now and again the feed will just cut out and it's just Matt going. <laughs> I'm actually like the feed's fine. I'm just stopping. It's just my, you know. <laughs> you got, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for ventriloquism skills. <laughs> yeah, Matt uh, I'm sorry for the the technical hiccups because it's very frustrating. I am fixing them. I yeah, we yeah, moved into a new house cable. a few weeks ago, and we're we're getting we're getting things together. Let's say, uh, Matt, it's really easy. You just drill a hole through your floor, yeah. and then put the wire <laughs> through it. Simple. Simple. Well, first of all, we had to stop the water pipes exploding. That was kind of like well, first thing on the list. Well, you were already in list. that area then. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Matt Jarvis is playing his own game of Eldritch Horror here. Mm. Like, you mm. draw, you have to draw the plumbing card <laughs> and see what happens. At points, it feels like I'm doing the Morecambe and Weiss sketch of having to answer the questions before they're asked. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would... Wise, two Ronnies. I would Correct love myself. to... Uh, oh yeah, because everyone's gonna know what two Ronnies are here. Um, um, uh, I would love to play Eldritch Horror with you someday, Matt Jarvis. That would be a wonderful thing. I'm sure Lib would be on board and we can drag Wheels in. Yeah, I I think at some point I'm just gonna, like with a lot of things, I'm gonna gonna lose the numbers game. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, and we'll get some snacks, get some drinks, and... Make sure they're all beige. Get ready. Yeah, make a beige. Yeah, well, yeah oh, nothing like captures tower. like existential dread and true horror than a beige dinner. Mm. Can you imagine like us having a big plate in the middle of this massive table and piled on top of it? It's just like corn nuggets. There are those those dinosaur. You can buy the corn Rawsoms. dinosaurs. Uh, Rawsoms. Other dinosaurs are available. Other uh, dinosaurs yeah, are available. Yeah. Is what I was thinking, yeah. Um, the little fake drumsticks. Yeah. Yeah, and are these like... all just different shaped nuggets? Is that what yeah. we're going for? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's a beige dinner, right? Is it's just it's yeah, some combination you've not, of you've not said bread a and protein. Pastry. There should be like protein. sausage rolls. There should be okay. Well, chuck like some... some corn sausage rolls on there, baby. Yeah, like, sure. I don't care. <laughs> and then I'll be sat there. Uh, with my monocle on, mm. uh, and like a, a big wig. <laughs> And a poofy dress. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be like, oh, Mr. <laughs> Wheeler. Uh, Mr. Pass Jarvis, would you, would you please pass me one of the turkey twizzlers? <laughs> like, mm, yes. Uh, do fetch me one of those bare slices of ham. <laughs> 
it will be a soiree. Mm. Uh, I'll say. Uh, yeah, it'll be great. Uh, anyway, other than that, I've been playing... <laughs> uh, I played some Hades, mm-hmm. which was great. great. Playing that with uh, some friends, because I can't play it with just me. Because if I play that game too long, I get something called the crab hands. <laughs> yeah. Which is where I'm like so intense, like intensely concentrated on the screen uh, that my hands cramp into themselves on the controller and I'm physically in pain. <laughs> and I have to be like, please take this off me. Whereas when you're playing with someone else, take turns. So it gives yeah, your hands a rest. Pass. You don't get the crab hands. So, uh, yeah, no, that was good. And, yeah, oh, I watched that Inventing Anna thing. That was fun. Oh, yeah, what was that? I've seen that. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. I don't know what it's it is. trash. Good. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's about this uh, woman who pretended to be a German heiress. And then yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she remember. stole loads of money from yes. hotels and stuff. And it is like, I don't know. It's just good trash. Like it's there are so many scenes of the main characters and their their kind of friends, just like hanging out and like in rich people places. <laughs> and the music is like rap, like hip hop rap music that is so on like on the point of like. Hey, I've got my money. Look at all of my money. <laughs> I get that. Like... We, we, so for a Dicebreaker Plus vid, we did like a trash talk, me, Matt, and Liv, and we were talking about uh, Selling Sunset. Um, and like every single song, it's like, you know, that Mitch yeah. and Webb sketch where they're like, all right, we need a song for this advert. We've got some dogs and they're out, and we don't know who let them out. But the question is, who let the dogs out? Have you got any ideas? <laughs> it's like every single one they've gone through that thought process of just like, I'm a boss woman, and I've got some cash. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like stock, like stock music. It's so <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah. So I was just enjoying that. There you go. No, there's also a very odd plot involving one of the main characters, and she's pregnant throughout the thing, and they're trying to like make the whole. Oh, is, is the scamming woman going to go to jail? alongside this woman having a baby and it's very like this was a choice like a narrative choice i don't Ugh. quite know why but anyway that's what i've been doing mr jarvis there you go that's very roundabout way we've, we've gone through the the dimensions of magic mike eldritch horror and selling sunset we've <laughs> if, made it here. if there's one thing i'll say is whenever you're in charge of the what we've mm. been playing recently yep you just never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Oh, we also went in the beige dimension. Which we did. We did mm, the beige, the beige dimension. dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Britain. Yeah, Britain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna shape things up, and I'm gonna go next. I normally go last, but I'm what? sticking myself in here. I'm pretty uh, sure I always go last, but all right, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm It's not true. Uh, because I've not played Lowe's this week. Uh, I, I continue to paint Lord of the Rings models, so mm-hmm. I've been playing Dark Souls 3 uh, with my wife and a friend. Uh, and my favourite Dark Souls game. It's really good. I always forget how good it is. Yeah. Um, but when we've been like waiting um, for like my friend to get through parts that you have to do solo, stuff like that, I've just been slowly painting the Lord of the Rings models that I painted on stream the other day. So I've done a Cave Troll, I've done Boromir, oh. I've done Gandalf, 
Oh, my uh, favourite character, a cave troll. <laughs> they have a cave troll, one. and now so do I. Uh, yeah, who's, it's, who's it's been just Wolverine's really nice to... Mine's the pile of bones that they accidentally kick over. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it's been nice just to, to paint stuff again, because for a while, particularly while we were moving, all of my stuff was packed up, and I kind of fell out of it. Uh, and it's been nice to just paint with no kind of pressure, just relatively simple models as well because you know what they look like from the films because they're based on the, the film characters so. they look exactly like they look it's it's lifelike yeah it's, it's like they've taken orlando blue and they've made him very small they put, they put him in that but, machine from willy wonka <laughs> <laughs> they're not so they're, they're games workshop models and they're from a boxed game called Batwind barlin's tomb um, so they're not, they're obviously not up to the same kind of qualities you'd see in the main Lord of the Rings, like Warhammer, like, but they're, they're pretty decent for what they are. Um, you know, they, they fill the role of me going, I want to paint something. Here's something really familiar. Mm. Done. Do you, uh, apply the same kind of, uh, judgment to the screenshots included on the box of the game, Mr. Jarvis? It's not great. Uh, you mean the grainy like sort of been released in two thousand and like one alongside the original film? Mm. Uh, yeah, they look like they've been... moved on a long way. They look like they've been taken from a a like DVD, a fake DVD copy. <laughs> <laughs> that it's was like the the Camp Rock DVD quiz game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings seen it, yeah, uh, exactly. with miniatures. That's exactly uh, what it looks like. But maybe so yeah, I've been, I've been painting those. Uh, I've got a copy of Blood Bowl season two that I'm looking to crack into next. Uh, that's next on my list because I just want to play more Blood Bowl. Um, I wrote a piece on the site a few weeks ago where I was playing Blood Bowl two on the PC, uh, and I just want to play the the new edition because I wow. really like Blood Bowl. I, I think it is easily my favorite you should, Games Workshop thing. You should bring it into the office, and I reckon we should do all that. Play maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should do it. We should do we should do Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl's yeah. really good. Uh, speaking like it's similar to Eldritch Horror in the way of like, even when you're failing, it's very entertaining. Yeah, like I think so, the winning isn't the thing. Blood Bowl is Blood Bowl is uniquely good at that as well because you're both failing against each other, so it's just like yeah. it's like who can fail the least rather than who can do the best, you know? Yeah, and I think because like I wrote about this on the site, but like things like Warhammer, you know, you or even D and D, like you swing to hit, and if you miss, it just kind of is a bit of a like, well. I'll wait till next turn. Mm. Whereas with Blood Bowl, almost always something happens. Yeah. It's like if you push yourself to go those extra few squares, you can slip over and then drop the ball and the ball bounces away and the ball bounces a random direction and someone might pick it up. And even picking up the ball yeah. is a is a roll. <laughs> so you can just be in the middle of the side of the field by yourself, like no pressure on you and just absolutely like butterfingers it and just like send it spiraling off in another direction it is ridiculous it's like a slapstick comedy mm. uh tied into this bizarre like orcs and humans and rats carry on game. carry on blood ball <laughs> yeah basically yeah uh so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to playing more of that because i just Matt, love did blood you know ball. That uh, alex mean has seen every single carry on film <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> I saw this conversation happening in the Slack because I wasn't watching the stream at the time. Uh, let's not Wheels, go into the carry-on films. Wheels, we'll be here forever. We've only got an hour and a half. Wheels and Liv are just making up stuff about me trying to tarnish my character. 
Christ. We're going to get sued for libel. Is what yeah. Is gonna I mean, you cool. <laughs> there is like 60s and 70s comedies are like in the realm of things I can associate with Alex Meehan. Thank you. That is why. Oh my that God. is where my original statement came from. And maybe can you, maybe it was a little over exaggerated. <laughs> can you imagine being in that court? house though like with that case happening You're the the, the, pro- the prosecution just be like so <laughs> miss Meehan, how exactly which carry on films have you watched carry on up the kyber carry on camping carry on, carry on screaming i've heard is, uh, is a good one Mia. Mm. from you uh matthew jarvis anything else uh, yes, in fact, you know that there is something else oh, uh, because no. yesterday we played Brindlewood Bay. Oh, good! I thought we were getting on to something else. I was like, no, oh, no. we'll leave the rap anime this week. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Brindlewood Bay. Bless, thank God, I've been uh, spared. Blessings, so Mike. It's very funny. Um, we started playing Brindlewood Bay uh, with uh, yourself uh, and a friend and Chase uh, of the site also. Um, which we played, we only played short session because we made our characters as well. So it was kind of a, like a general kind of learn the ropes, make our characters and dive in as well. But I really enjoyed what we played so far. Uh, for those who don't know, Brindlewood Bay is like an indie RPG. Um, gosh, I forget the designer's name. Is it Jason Cordova? Um, apologies to whoever the designer is. I thought I remembered your name and I didn't, but Brindlewood Bay, you'll find it. Uh, but it's essentially, it's... Uh, for those in the US, it's like Golden Girls. For us here in the UK, it's I think like Miss Marple. Yeah, that kind of thing. So you're yeah. a group of um, like older women, kind of like in a in a book club, basically. Or you're all fans of a particular book series that is essentially like Miss Marple or Agatha Christie stories. Uh, it, is, it is Jason Cordova, um, by the way. You were correct. Cordova, thank you. Um, and you then... Uh, explore mysteries in the town of Brindlewood Bay itself. So, like, you are a group of like fans of a book series who then go and investigate actual mysteries. Uh, and some of those mysteries may have a kind of supernatural twist to them, uh, but they don't necessarily have to. Uh, and one of the the really neat things, a, it's like a very simple RPG. Um, you kind of have like I think four or five main stats. Uh, you roll two d six, add them. Simple as that. Uh, other things you have are basically for flavor mostly. You could have some specific moves inspired by famous TV characters like Del Cooper or Magnum PI or so on. But other things just add like you have a cozy activity that can be knitting or coin collecting or gardening. Uh, and it has a mechanical purpose in that when you are doing that activity, uh, you can like gain some beneficial effects. But most of the stuff around it is just to pad out these characters and the world they occupy. Um, but one of the really neat things is this mystery. So me and you were jeering us, uh, and you're obviously taking us through this mystery. Uh, we're playing a mystery based on the kind of the Great British Bake Off or a Great British Bake Off alike competition. Mm. Um, but there's not a set. Um, like a solution or uh, outcome to the mystery instead you gather clues i think they're called they're called void clues they're kind of tracked and you roll to get them oh you're shaking your head it's something else there there are there are clues and there are void clues they're two Ah, separate things (laughs) like void clues are the more supernatural ones yeah 
Yeah, they're, they're the ones it. related to the overall sort of weird plot of what's going on with Grindelwald, whereas clues are more like general sort of to do with the specific mystery that you're investigating. That's Carry it. on! Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you, you gather those, and then basically when your group has decided that they have enough to try and solve the mystery, you present a solution that you collaboratively agree on, and then you roll, and you roll, and you add extra points depending on how many clues you've gathered. And the outcome of the roll then decides whether you're correct, whether you're partially yeah, really correct, but there's system. a complication, or you're incorrect, and then the GM can take over and kind of explain what the actual solution was. I think it's and so I think the idea of not, yeah, not having a, a predetermined outcome for a mystery is such a fantastic idea, because it means that even the GM, you know, isn't forced to kind of rail around down a particularly route, particular route or shape things around one fixed outcome, you know, everything kind of makes a difference. It also uh, just like, and it's it, it a more takes, collaborative feel that way. It takes so much pressure off of the preparation for it as well, because I've played a lot of like mystery solving RPGs and the amount of prep they take when you've actually got like a predetermined mystery, because you actually have to turn into like a Midsummer Murders writer for a day. And it's just like intense, but just to have that be like a, a misty, mystery that you're all collaboratively solving, even though the GM is sort of like sort of in control, like it's such a clever idea. I really, really yeah. want to play Brindlewood Bay. Like, I'm really pumped about it. Well, we can always draft you in. We've technically not really started. No, it's fine, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, like, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what we come up with uh, together, and also what you have in store, me and uh, as as the GM. Yeah, because uh, it's um, been very entertaining so far. It's been a long time since I've like GM'd anything. And remembering how to do that is is it's a challenge. Like you initially start doing it, and you're like, "Wait, uh, I'm leading this. I've got to, you know, uh, take the reins, as it were, but also make sure that my players, you know, have their opportunity to do their thing and contribute. But also, I've got to sometimes, you know, like uh, prompt them or provide scenarios where they can." interact and, and provide you know their own input etc um and in, when i first started doing it i was like oh uh. but then the the more you do it like the easier it gets like you slip yeah. back into that kind of role it's just a very very different role from being a player um but there you go yeah i'm looking forward to uh gming further and seeing what happens to mm. three elderly women <laughs> competing in a bake-off competition where something may or may not happen yeah it's cool and i i really like i like in general mystery rpgs so i've spoken about trail of cthulhu before and that's more traditional i suppose in that there is like a, a certain solution most yeah. of the time and you roll to get clues towards that one path um but i think rpgs dealing with mysteries um we had a piece on the site actually a while ago i think from sharing business mm -hmm. um that was that was really good about this uh, i mentioned brenda wood bay in fact uh, mm. So yeah, go and check that out if you haven't read it already. Uh, that's all I've been playing, uh, which is to say, basically just Brenner Wood Bay, uh, and then oh, I played a bit of Yu-Gi-Oh as well. I continue to be bad at Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. I, I still have a that'll, terrible win-loss ratio. <laughs> that'll be on your gravestone, Matt Jarvis. I continue to be terrible at Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm, yeah, just like plant me under a massive blue eyes white dragon, uh, in the same <laughs> way that people have like rugs. You know what? I'm I'm, I'm sick of this. 
they really made Blue Eyes White Dragon seem like such a good card in the, in the cartoon. It's crap. <laughs> I think the problem is it, they made it a popular thing in the show, right? So then everyone wanted it, so they printed yeah. a lot of it. But because they then had to print a lot of it, you can't have everyone with like a super powerful. <laughs> yeah, card, I mean, because it just throws the balance out of whack. So for me, it's all about Karibo, anyway. So yeah, we all know that. We we, we yeah, Karibo, yeah. <laughs> best uh, best card. Right. At the moment, we'll... I'm a fan of Utopia C39. Uh, a niche choice, I know you'll agree, yeah, but I'm enjoying that deck. It's basically a robot that you attach stuff to. Got it. But the downside is, if you don't get that robot out, you basically end up unable to do anything because yeah. most yeah, of the no, cards are like, like equip before. this to this one specific <laughs> card. And it's like, well, I can't do that. Before so, I yes. tell you uh, what, if this, anyway, if this one out of forty chance card comes up, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. you just build your deck around like five pot of greeds, yeah, uh, or card draws. Uh, Hello, anyway, Will's. I've been playing games. Right? I promise. Uh, I so I played Catacombs technically last week, but I wasn't on the podcast last week um, because I was editing the Catacombs last week. But uh, the Catacombs uh, let's play that we did. If you haven't watched it already, it's hilarious. Please go watch it. It's fantastic. Um, mm. Let's Plays are always like a little bit trickier to sell on YouTube, I think, but go give them a go because they're very funny. Uh, we played like a... I, get, I tried to give Liv like a bit of an introduction dungeon, uh, and I think I made it a little bit too easy by the end. Like, Liv was full of hubris. Um, and was just <laughs> like, you know what? Give me the hardest boss. We've been playing with the like the easiest boss at the end, but give me the hardest one instead. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so if you want to see how that goes, then uh, click on the link. But Catacombs, for those who aren't aware, is like it's like if you took classic board game Crocodile, um, one of the greatest games ever made, uh, and turned it into like a D and D style dungeon crawl, and it's just it's just fantastic. Like you have like. You can technically have a team of players on, on like the hero side, so you can have like one person controlling each puck, or you can just have it one v one. So like one person controls all the heroes and one person controls all the monsters. Uh, so I was in like the sort of dungeon master role, uh, and it's it's just it's just so good. Like there's there is um, just like a a whimsy about the game. Like there are so many things they were just like we're gonna do this because it's fun. Like we don't we don't care how balanced it is. So like there's there's for example there's a dragon called Rolled, who uh, the way that they attack things is you you turn it on its side and you have to like roll it onto another piece and if it lands on top of another piece it eats it <laughs> it's just fantastic uh, there's a giant gelatinous cube that is literally just like a block of wood that you flick around it's just a great game if you haven't played Catacombs yet I heartily recommend it I think that's the second video we've had it featured in now. Um, but yeah, I've been playing that. I've also been building some kill team models with Liv because um, we're planning to play that on the channel at some point. I was uh, I spent a significant portion of yesterday's stream shouting about how angry that shaped based uh, measurement system they made for that game. Oh uh, God, that's where that's from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's, thing is that's thing. so like how did that make it? How how did anyone come up with that in the first place? And then how did it make it past any kind of that was, human reading those instructions? That was absolutely like, oh, we'll fix this before we put it out, and then it never happened. <laughs> but it's just like the most the most infuriating thing is like they've got these predetermined measurements. They've got one inch, two inch, uh, four inch, and six inch, I think. And it's like a one inch is a triangle, a two inch is a circle 
a four inch is I don't know. It's just it's just so stupid. <laughs> no, yeah, three inches. Sorry, is a square. It's like why didn't you just make them the shapes that have that many sides? It's just so obvious. But yeah. So that made me very angry. Um, yeah. But that's gonna that's gonna be good, hopefully. Uh, I've also been reading Frostgrave. I've been reading the manual for it because I'm prepping to <laughs> finally play a game of it at some point. I need to like get Liv on board, I think, because I don't know where she's at, but she was definitely interested. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's mainly all the things I've been playing this week. However, I have been watching some television, which is oh, rare for me. Mm, my goodness. Um, we were looking for something new to watch because we've we've caught up on Love Is Blind now. So Love Is Blind. Oh is, God. Yeah, we're, we're up to date on that. It's just fantastic, by the way. Watch Love is Blind. Um, but we were looking for someone a little bit spooky. <gasps> so we tried watching Lovecraft County, um, mm. which mm. is on... It's on Now TV for us, but it was a HBO thing. Um, which is essentially... The idea is, like, it's... Uh, I think it's, like, 50s America. Um, and it's, like, black characters in a very, very racist America. Um, but then there's sort of... Oh, hello, Rosie. But then the twist is that um, it is also like Lovecraft is like a, a thing that exists in this world. So like, not not just the fact that you know Lovecraftian horrors and stuff like that exist, but also the author Lovecraft is a real person who put out books in this world as well. So you get this weird thing where it's like they're referencing Lovecraft, but the stuff that Lovecraft is referencing is also in the real world. Um, and it's like it's it's like a really cool concept because Lovecraft famously was an incredibly racist man. So having the sort of titular character, the, not titular, sorry, the uh, like protagonist of this story be the I know I can hear her too. Oh, Rosie! Rosie. Rosie. What's, the What's the matter? Crying. She's shut out the lounge. I think. She's oh, funny. <laughs> um... <laughs> Come here then, Rosie. Come here. Come here. Oh, just scream in the background it's fine um <laughs> yeah so like uh so i was watching that and like the first episode is fantastic like really really good we were like yeah yeah i'm pumped for this and it got like a little bit schlocky at the end because you've got like some not amazing cgi on the monsters yeah like that. that was my bigger yeah. and it's always the thing i have with like horror stuff is yeah. it's great until you actually see the yeah. thing and then it's like oh that just that just looks but then bad. But then we watched episode two oh and it goes so completely off the rails and not in a good way. Like it makes absolutely no sense. I'm like, what is, what is happening? It goes from like this really interesting, like social commentary mixed with like Lovecraftian horror to just like, woo, wacky wizards. Woo. And it's like, what's happening? What? This is not the same TV show. Um, and I saw in Rosie, please stop. I saw in the uh, in the credits it was like I can't remember if they're like producers or directors or whatever, but you had um, Peel and Abrams, and I was like, it definitely like uh... episode one was Peel, episode two was Abrams, <laughs> JJ Abrams, in case you're wondering. But yeah, um, so that wasn't great. So we kind of stopped watching that halfway for episode two. Rosie, please. Do you want to get up and go and see her? Because I, I don't to. think she's going to stop. I don't think she is. Although, <laughs> yeah. that, she's now licking herself. So that's okay. a good um, <laughs> But then we instead, and this is a recommendation from Aoife, I think, we've started watching Archive 81 on Netflix. Mm. Uh, and again, we've only watched one episode, so it could all go downhill, but that was really, really good. Um, mm. Premise is the main character is like a uh, someone who does digital restoration on sort of like VHS tapes. Um, oh, that's cool. 
Right, Rosie. I think you need to you need to get up and, and go. And might see have her. to go put her in the bedroom. You, I think you have to. If this is the last thing you've done, we can move on to news while you're you're oh, sorting. It's all right. The cavalry has arrived. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, he is like a digital restoration for for VHS tapes stuff like that. He works in like a museum of moving pictures or something like that in New York. Um, and he gets basically like this contract proposed to him by this like big shady evil company who are like, we need you to um, like fix these tapes that were burnt down in a building fire like in the 90s. Uh, but for the duration of it, you need to go to this secret compound where you can't talk to anyone because it's very secretive. And it's just like this very mm. like brutalist building that he has to live in. It's very <laughs> oppressive. And there's like weird stuff happening on the tapes, and it's good. It's a really good premise. So I'm hoping yeah, that the show cool. is as good as the sort of uh, the the build up. But yeah, mm. that is what I have been doing this week. Excellent a, stuff. A cool 57 minutes. <laughs> that is a cool 57 minutes. Let's move on to this week's haul of news, which is actually wow. quite a short haul of news uh, because I figured we'd probably chat quite a bit about these bits because Alex Meehan today, Hello. or at least very recently enough. Uh, maybe yesterday, <laughs> but today's when we wrote the story. Uh, the Asdor Awards mm. were announced. Um, would you like to run us through the winners of this year's Asdors? You know what you're doing, Matt Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> you're poking the hornets now, aren't you? You're poking it. <laughs> grinning, grinning while you're waiting for me to buzz out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Asdor winner of Game of the Year is Seven Wonders Architects. I I thought Seven Wonders Architects was quite fun. But I mean, it, you're, you're welcome. Game of the Year, Will. You're welcome it's, to think what you want, Will. It's absolutely not a Game of the Year, no. Uh, so, for sorry, for a little bit of context for those who are wondering what the Asdor is. So, the as Germany has the Spiel des Jahres, which is like, I literally means Game of the Year, and it's probably the biggest award in board games. The Asdor is maybe the second kind of most prestigious. Uh, so it is French. It means Golden Ace, I believe. It's been running quite a while. And it takes a similar form in that it generally awards a family-ish game. And then it has like an expert category as well. Yeah. Fan by family, they mean, in this regard. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's bad. It's fair to say that it's like maybe not Game of the Year material. I think it's unfair to say it's bad. You can read more about my opinions <laughs> on the game on a uh, article I wrote for Dicebreaker.com mm -hmm. uh, where I just think that it's just a poor, a poor, like, it It should not be connected to Seven Wonders because Seven Wonders is an amazing game and Seven Wonders Architects misunderstands exactly what makes Seven Wonders good. By getting rid of those drafting mechanics and just putting these much simpler and worse ones in there it is it is lesser for it <laughs> mm, i'd say that so the other nominations were happy city which i have played uh, and i wrote about for the website which is it's good but it's not groundbreaking in any way it's just like a, a fun a fun card game you know it's mm. it's absolutely it's the definition of the word solid uh for better and worse but i enjoyed it but i would never like put it in a category for one of the best games of the year. Uh, and then Carta Ventura Laza, uh, which I'm not familiar with. 
Here, right, I'm going to just sort of go off on a very small one. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> knuckle down. Um, bums in seats. Uh, what really annoys me about these award scenarios uh, is because they're like, oh, the game of the year needs to be this game. It needs to be a family-friendly beginner game for everyone mm. to play. They limit themselves by what they can pick. Yeah. Because you can't guarantee that a good game, you know, of that kind is going to come out that year, which means that they have to pick something like Bloody Seven Wonders Architects. <laughs> well, because they're like, oh, what other family games have come out this year? Ooh, maybe this one. I mean, I, I, granted, like, I have to think about so many games that come out that I often don't actually know what's come out last year. But, like, because they have to have the game of the year be this beginner board game thing, they they can't pick a game that actually does deserve that title. I think it's literally just a, a branding problem. Like, and it's the same with the Spiel Yaras, where it's like the Spiel Yaras should just be called the Spiel Yaras Family Award, and the Asdor yeah. should just be called or, the Asdor Family Award, and then or, keep your expert category as well. You know, what you do is you get rid of the categories. I think you should get rid of the categories altogether and just have one game with Buddy in. And then maybe have a children's game or something. Mm -hmm. I just think, or maybe, or maybe you have Game of the Year, uh, specifically a family game, specifically a children's game. Because in my opinion, and this might just be my hobbyist, like, niche opinion, but in my opinion, the best kind of games aren't the one necessarily specifically designed to be for families like you know and i also think now that tabletop gaming is much more popular and more accessible i don't think they need to do that they used to do it and they still do it because they're like we want these to be accessible therefore we want the spill yaris the as to be something that your mum could play or whatever but like now, lo like loads of different people are playing board games now. Loads of people know what Root is, for example. Yeah. Root, one of the most difficult games that you can learn to play. But, but if you in in the Spildiaris and the Asdor world, Root wouldn't get Game of the Year because it's not a family game. Mm. It would get Expert maybe, which is fine. But it's not like when you say Game of the Year, mean Game of the Year, don't mean Family Game of the Year. I think this is the and like the best example of this, right? Is Wingspan won the Kenish Spiel yeah. des Jahres in twenty nineteen. So that's the expert game expert. of the year. And it's now sold over a million copies. So mm. it's clearly not limited to just a you know, a tight hobbyist kind of audience. And I yeah. I don't know if we discussed this at the time, we've discussed it here and there anyway. Like I think there's some debate over how complex Wingspan really is. It mm. is certainly a step above something like Someone, Seven Wonders Architect, or yep. Micro Macro Chrome City, which I think won the Asdor last, last year. year. Yep. But again, that was like an, you can see there there's an innovation in that game yeah. that feels like that deserves it. And before that, I think it was, you've written here Oriflam, which yep. again, yeah, like a really, like a really good game, does something new. I think I can easily kind of see where that fits in there. But yeah, Seven Wonders Architects is, is an odd one. I just think. You're right. It's like there's, and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing because I think it's caused by the hobby growing and those lines blurring between what is quote unquote like a hobby game versus what is now mainstream. Mm. But 
it's really hard to say, well, Wingspan is an expert game of the year when it clearly it's has not gone the same far as... beyond that. And yeah, it's... it's not the same as saying game of the year. Like when you yeah. use that phrase, you, you're inevitably, there are connotations attached to it, which is like, this is the best game that came out that yeah, year. Yeah, best of the best kind of thing. Yeah. And instead, because of these limitations they put on this award, they have to give it to something like pictures that, God, <laughs> remember how angry God, you were. I think, look, say what you want about Seven Wonders Architects. It's better than bloody pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, um, okay, yeah. But the, the children's game, if, if, if you're interested. Bubble stories. Bubble stories. Matthew Dunstan's a great designer. I yeah, Matthew Dunstan's made some really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, uh yep, 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 yep. Uh, the new Insider Award, which I do like the addition of, which is essentially what I think they should try and do to, to solve this problem, which is like, oh, it's not an expert game, it's not a beginner game, it's it's like an in-between, which mm. I kind of enjoy the addition of, although I would prefer it if they just allowed more games to be named game of the year um living forest one which i've not played and not heard of really but okay yeah i saw that old old tree is nominated which i yeah, have a I've copy of of and want to play because it seems really interesting and it's from the same publisher that did oriflam which i like a lot mm. uh, i've seen it compared to it's kind of like almost a like a sandbox kind of medieval fantasy game okay, cool. uh but with apparently with a sense of humor that has been likened by to Monty Python and stuff like that. Oh, so cool. I'm I'm really intrigued to play it and see how that plays out. But Living Forest, I'm not familiar with. No. And the final insult. I knew like this was coming. Are, I these knew people this are was spitting, coming. spitting on me. <laughs> Is uh... you're the only one spitting here, man. Spitting I, venom. I think the Seven Wonders is is a slight but this is a personal insult <laughs> this is a personal the 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 judge panel of the they as they are personally insulting me <laughs> with this choice they were like how can we needle alex Meehan of dicebreaker yeah specifically really with our pick <laughs> the uh expert game according to as is dune imperium mm-hmm. not Lost Ruins of Arnak, which is the best game. Oh, they nominated that, though, so that's nice. Yeah, they did, yeah. and it should have won because <laughs> it's Lost Ruins of Arnak, you know, one of the yeah the best games of 2021. Technically the end of 2020, but 2021. Hmm. Uh, and they chose Dune Imperium, which Direwolf won't send me a copy <laughs> We do have a review on the site if folks are interested in Dune Imperium. Uh, and it was kind of, it was given like a warm but but cooled uh, verdict. It's not that it's like right. it's, it's a perfectly fine deck builder. Uh, is kind of the the outcome. I think they were bribed by Timothy Chalamet. You think they were bribed by Timothy Chalamet? With all Chalamet? that spice. So, yeah, yeah, they were. Wow, they were. I didn't know. They were bright blue did. eyes. Yeah, he said, "Please make, yeah, make sure that Dune Imperium wins the Expert Game Award." That will really get Alex Mead. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, so are you doing Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> Timothy <laughs> Chalamet, yeah. yeah. Timothy Chalamet played by Werner Herzog in this yeah. Yeah. June film. I've not seen it yet. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah, so there you go. I'm mad. That's Mian's mad um, <laughs> segment over. 
Uh, but there you go. Uh, I love you, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Don't worry. <laughs> Those are the best me. games uh, of the year, according to the Asdor. Mm. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, also on the site, before we move on to the next one, uh, which will lead into this week's segment, uh, me and you and Chase wrote uh, a list of Pokemon RPGs. You should play if, you, uh, if you're enjoying Pokemon Arceus or Arceus or... Arcee. We had this discussion the other way. Apparently, it's it's Arceus now. It's it not Arceus, and they changed Ignore it. Nintendo. They're cowards. <laughs> They're trying to control us. They're trying to Arceus. A R S E U S. Yeah, you should go and check that out. Uh, like I say, chasing chasing me and put it together. There's some really good picks on there. There's Animon Story, which we previously played on the channel. I say we. Yeah. I didn't play it. The rest of them did. You uh, but to. it seemed very fun. Rest of I them. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, We've also, I mean, you you spoke to Cole Worley about Ark. Speaking of ass, uh, <laughs> Ark's my new game, uh, ass. <laughs> ass, uh, conflict, and it's got to have two two words. In the oh, conflict in the void, I think, or conflict <laughs> and collapse in the void, something like that. Con- conflict yeah, conflict and collapse. And collapse. Conflict yeah. and collapse in the void, Ark's. Yeah, um, yeah. I spoke to Cole. Cole. It was great, yeah. Lovely conversation we had. Nice um, yeah, there was snow day, so his kids were. <laughs> so we had some fun little interactions. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it was a. You know what? That designer, all he wants to do is talk about his games. <laughs> like it's, it was great. I mean, considering like I'm basically a massive fan of Root, and I'm like, you've made my favorite game of all time. Um, I was trying to control myself and not be a weird fan like but um, no we spoke a lot about arcs it sounds incredibly exciting um, there is a news story that you can read right now uh, about basically how big this game is going to be it's just enormous it's it like they just big. let they've let Cole off the range I think one at one point Cole is going to reach critical mass and is going to make <laughs> a game that never ends yeah well, Ofa's already really big that's yeah. kind of the wild thing and like this this sounds like it's that but in a completely different direction like they've sci-fi got, and they've also... got Cole Ferrin chained to a desk drawing little dudes <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Uh, we spoke, uh, yeah, so uh, there will be an article coming sometime next week, uh, however fast I can work <laughs> on it, um, giving like a full overview of what Cole told me about art, and essentially we know a lot about what the game is now, and uh, what it entails, and what you can look forward to, and it sounds very exciting, so we're pumped, because we like of early's games mm. uh and we want to play arcs now so we're gonna have to tr- try and wrangle wrangle a coffee Ooh. yeah i'm i'm excited for it i obviously i love Oaf, uh, and yeah arc sounds yeah really really something mm. there's there's a lot going on in that game it's again just like very ambitious uh it's very cool so keep your eyes peeled for that uh chase carter our wonderful news reporter uh, who we appreciate very much. He spoke with Martin Takaichi from um, Free League, who designed Tales from the Loop, the board game, mm. the adaptation of Tales from the Loop, the role-playing game, Which the adaptation, an adaptation of, of Tales from the Loop, the art book by Simon Stallenhag. Also um, known as Tales from the Loop, the upcoming TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so out, obviously, right? uh, oh, out. 
TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Hogg's uh, art books have spun out into this massive kind of loopiverse of mm. games and series and so on. It's uh, his and books, Chase... and it's um, the 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 book, the art book that spawned. Uh... God, it's your favorite game, Ian. It's not your favorite game, but it's one of your favorite games. You think I'm sorry? Thank you very much. I couldn't remember that word for the life of me, but yeah. Uh, I mean, my yeah, favorite so... game is Root, which I said literally <laughs> about a minute One ago. <laughs> uh, anyway, Chase spoke with Martin uh, about adapting Tales from the Loop into a board game. It was a really interesting conversation that veered into discussing growing up in Sweden in the 80s and stuff like that. And um, yeah, like bringing, basically making sure that that game was more than just like we took the rpg and slapped the words the board game after it like making it a board a board game worth playing in itself and it's it's really interesting um just from the loop i need to play more of it like i it's such an interesting universe uh, and such an interesting kind of premise that i would like to dive into a bit more um but yeah go and check out that interview uh also on a final note of, of news that went up on the website over the last week Wingspan, speaking of Wingspan, it showed up on Coronation Street, of all things. The British soap. Yep. Um, uh, Matt Thrower tracked down down the episode's writer um, to find out how it it ended up being literally, like, kind of a a key thing in one scene. It's discussed out loud by two of the characters. They mentioned specific gameplay mechanics from yeah Wingspan. and they're reading the rule book at the it's, time it is it it's is more than just on the shelf in the background wild. of a shot it's wild yeah so yeah go and go and check that out because it's it's entertaining it's kind of an interesting look into how these things end up appearing in big mainstream soaps like Corey. yeah so yeah, just, yeah it, was, like, it was really cool my mom used to watch coronation street religiously uh and even she has now stopped and i'm wondering like <laughs> who is simultaneously a Coronation Street fan and a Wingspan fan, <laughs> you know, like... The episode's well, writer, that's yeah. who. <laughs> I think, again, like we were just saying, Wingspan sold over a million copies now. Mm-hmm. It's re- it broken through to that kind of level of public awareness beyond just people that play board games, Yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, and it's nice to see a game that isn't just Catan again or D&D appear mm-hmm. on a TV show. So long may it continue. Let's get Root onto EastEnders next, or you know, much like... darker, grittier look at Wingspan. <laughs> yeah, I no, no. Here's what I want to have. I want Phil Mitchell mm. to like kick the door down to his mum's pub. Yeah, uh, and he's yelling, uh-huh. and they're like, "Why is it Phil? What do you want? What's, What's going on, Phil? Oh, Phil!" <laughs> <laughs> and he just stops and smiles, and from behind him, he rings. Do you want to play Betrayal at House on the Hill? And then there you go. That seems there more like go. an advert than an episode of a TV show. But... <laughs> and then, yeah, he turns to the camera. He turns to the camera and he just goes. What I what I prefer is uh, if they if they like brought back Phil Mitchell's oddest men, uh, the TV show where they try and find the oddest man in Britain. <laughs> uh, and then one of the challenges was they had to play Betrayal without getting without. Oh, the they had, oh, they mm. had to play like Eldritch Horror. Yeah. Oh, I know. You, you beat Eldritch Horror. I bet you know yeah. that. Actually, that must be a dad. Like Danny Dyer's on one of those. Isn't it? I want Danny Dyer to walk up to someone, like to be hosting one of those programs where it's like, is is the honest blokes in Britain? Um, 
but walk up and then just like happy salmon with one of them. I'm Danny Dyer. Today I'm meeting the man who's got the hardest happy salmon in Britain. (laughs) What I want to happen is Danny Dyer going, now brace yourselves. We're about to meet one of the hardest men in Britain. And he goes and he opens your door, the door to your house, man. You're sad, man. Oh my god, if Danny Dyer burst into my house, I would be terrified. Oh my god, it's Danny Dyer's daughter, Danny Dyer's dad, Danny Dyer. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Matthew Jarvis, lead us in today's segment. Yeah, you you set up a tangent uh, out of that, and then we immediately trampled over (laughs) Danny Dyer talk. Um, But maybe maybe the most unexpected news of this week, um, at least in board game terms, um, was that there is a third edition of Betrayal at House on the Hill coming out. So uh, Avalon Hill, uh, which publishes Betrayal at House on the Hill, just snuck out a small teaser video on the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel. So oh, I we're, believe we're Hasbro all watching Pulse... the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel. I still want to do. Yeah. yeah no, well, I'm, I'm I'm hooked in. I might be speaking out of turn, but I think Hasbro Pulse is related to the crowdfunding stuff that Hasbro does. So it's how it um, crowdfunded Hero Quest, okay. the new version of Hero Quest. So it might hint that. Uh, Betrayal House on the Hill 3rd edition will be crowdfunded in some way, but that hasn't been confirmed. Neither has anything about the game because they just put out a small teaser that was like, ooh, Betrayal at House <laughs> on the Hill 3rd edition. They uh, should have hired me to do that. They should have. They <laughs> missed it. Cowards. They're um, on the list as well. <laughs> so yeah, this is... As they're all, as they're all judges. Mm-hmm. Wanna hurt Tom for playing Timothy Shadow? Uh, but this is it's interesting because so I think the last so the second edition of Betrayal House on the Hill must be at least ten years yeah. ago now. Like it's a good long while ago, and even the the one expansion that game has had must be five years old now. I think it was yeah. like 2017, 2016 kind of time. Uh, Widow's Walk. Um, obviously, we've had Betrayal Legacy in the time since. Uh, which is a completely different game, turns into a legacy game, is very good. I think it's probably the best Betrayal game if you're looking to play Betrayal. Uh, but Betrayal House on the Hill remains a favourite. Uh, and yeah, they they haven't put a date on it, so we don't know if it'll be this year. Like I say, we don't know if it'll be crowdfunded first and then it might come out next year. Um, but it is apparently on the way. Here's so, my... I just want to say here's my dream. Mm-hmm. They get Betrayal 3rd Edition. Mm-hmm. They add Widow's Warp to that. Mm-hmm. And they add like, some new hordes as well, and maybe a new area, mm-hmm. better miniatures. Mm-hmm. There you go. All I in will... one box, ready yeah, to roll. All... Yep. I, better um... miniatures mm-hmm. is, is also one of my picks because I'm looking at this article. This <laughs> oh, beautiful gosh. article that Chase put together. Uh, and there's, yeah. there's the thumbnail that yep. Alex Lowley's made for the Let's Play that we did of the trail. Yep. Uh, and I, it makes me physically sick seeing these yep. models. They are some of the, the most disgusting war game models I've ever the seen. The miniatures look... <laughs> the, the characters and the miniatures are betraying. They look like they're melting. Mm. Like yeah, and they're melting. very bendy. Yeah, They, God, they just... flex over backwards, and they always look like they're doing the limbo. That kind I just of don't thing. want anything to do with them anymore. Just get them out of here. <laughs> get them out of here. However, what I don't want, what I really don't want, is for them to make a miniature for every single thing that you could possibly no, encounter. No, Because that is just such a plague many. in board games where it's like, yep. oh, this monster yeah. that's uh, features in one scenario for 20 seconds, got to have a miniature for it. It's got to take up 40% uh, there, of the box. There are too many, like, 
uh, potential scenarios in that game mm-hmm. for them to 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 do that. You, it would cost a thousand pounds if they did that. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think one of the the best things about original portrayal and legacy is that you have you have the main characters who are miniatures, um, and then you just have a pot of tokens that so you use to represent tokens. everything else. And some of them will just say like Frankenstein's monster, yeah. and then others will just say like plant and it's just because there are so many wild and strange haunts in that game like it, it's the thing about betrayal right it's like there are 50 in the original game there's 50 in the expansion so even outside of legacy which is a kind of thing in itself you've got like a hundred different permutations of different horror stories and some of them are like go and find some hidden treasure in the basement or run away from this mummy uh, and some of them are like you've all been shrunk and there's a gigantic cat, and it's trying to yeah. eat you, and you need to yeah. get to a toy plane to escape. I, I've i just like... had the most wonderful idea for a game jam, Uh-oh. where you grab all the tokens from Betrayal, you mix them up in a bag, and deal out as many as you're That's brave enough, good. and then you have to make a scenario out of the materials that you've been given. <laughs> uh, another... so it's not Io, let's go. Another uh, change I would like to see would be the little boards you get for your characters, when you have to put those stupid little clips on them to monitor your different stats, those things always fall off. They always scuff the player boards. Mm. They're a pain in the butt to put on. Just make ones where they're permanently stuck on. Why do you need to take them off? (laughs) I think there there was a reply to a tweet um, from Avalon here where they indicated that that would be one of the changes. Thank uh, God. It's, a, it's just about the only thing that they've indicated will be uh, different in the box. But yeah, they I think they did change them somewhat for Legacy, and I think there is an upgrade kit, but that stuff should just be default in the yeah. box. You know, you shouldn't be needing to put out basically a patch afterwards that people have to pay a few quid for. <laughs> These they, but they, they were never good. Patches, man. It's very good. Yeah, like you say, they, they either stripped off the, the printing of the edges or they would just slide off and it would be impossible to track anything. It was yeah. a nightmare. But um, here's yeah. the fun thing that we were talking about this for. <laughs> here's the fun thing. Uh, we decided for this segment to, to celebrate Betrayal House on the Hill, getting a new edition, uh, a game that we like very much. We would come up with some haunts that we would like to see in a new Betrayal game. I'll be honest, I can't remember all 100 of the... I've played quite a lot of Betrayal, but I can't remember all of the haunts (laughs) um, that are in there. So there's a good chance we'll tread over some uh, already trodden ground, but I'm sure we can uh, come up with something. And hey, if you're in the chat, let us know what you'd like to see in there as well, because you can basically just pick the horror film of your choice, file off the serial numbers, and then it it will appear in Betrayal at House on the Hill. Uh, And if you're not in the chat... Every Friday, 2pm GMT, we live stream our recording of the podcast. And you can join in, you can ask us questions and all that kind of stuff. So come on down and join us. But yeah, ooh, I've got please, the hiccups. please put your suggestions in the chat um, and any questions you might have. We're already getting a few in. Yep, True says Moon's Haunted. Moon's Haunted is a great one. Moon's Haunted, isn't that just Bloodborne? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's also just a Twitter meme, but it comes with a free shotgun, I hope, so you can cock it. Uh, yeah. When you when you say the scenario name, and that means one player gets to play as the moon. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's are a really you... big token. Yeah, yeah. It's like that Galactus you... miniature we had to talk about. <laughs> you you have to get a load of whipped cream and then 
put your face in a big oh, bowl of whipped cream. And the moon. Yeah, sorry, it took me a while to get that. <laughs> um, we've got getting haunted by a dead angry pet, says Angel Pete. Again, filing those serial numbers off. Uh, yeah. Bruce, I, I've got one, one, one to one, one scale, scale moon model provided. <laughs> It's just shared. Um, you can only play with it at night. <laughs> uh, right. What were you going to say, Wills? Wills, yeah, go. I've got, I don't know if this is funny, but I've got an idea. Um, <laughs> it's never stopped us before. No, it has not. So I'm imagining the... Um, this, is, this is a haunt that you can only really play once. Uh, because afterwards you'll realise it's just a dumb joke. Um, but the idea is, right, the house is in Germany in this scenario. Um it's on the river uh, and it's like in the basement area there's a, a new tile that you get out and it's called the quarry right because there's there's been like a sort of mining operation underneath the house uh, where they've been like you know lifting rocks and precious materials and stuff and they keep digging deeper and deeper and you keep getting new tiles that you have to lay out and lay out and lay out and it becomes this like super long tunnel that you have to go down to try and find the end uh, and then when you finally emerge at the end, you're in a spooky American town, spooky American Wild West town. You've traveled through some kind of portal uh, to the realm of the rhinestone cowboys. Yep, that was, uh, <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> you just waited? Yeah, I, had, I don't know why that was in my head, but... <laughs> To be fair, I'd I'd take it. Like, yeah, I don't think there's like any kind of like cowboy or wild west. Cowboys, yeah. Speaking yeah. of cowboys is not something that I've seen I mean, in the box. Deadlands, Deadlands crossover. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not saying speaking cowboys has never been done before. I'm saying it's not in the um, oh no in the box. Thank you for the tumbleweeds, Andy Horton. I assume they're there for thematic purposes. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I no okay. Let's let's think of like I like the idea of everyone's very upset with me. I like the idea of like. <laughs> Some kind of mirror realm, maybe, where like, mm. um, like maybe you actually get like a mirror and you place the place it next to the board, and like, uh, by looking at things backwards on the tiles, you can figure out some kind of puzzle or something. That was it. I want to say I've seen a horror film that involves mirrors. Is it Oculus with Karen Gillan? Oh no, they make those. I can't remember if that's what it is, but uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Mirror's always a good one. There's actually a, a Mansions of Madness uh, scenario, I think in one of the, maybe the last expansion that involves Mirrors. And it's really interesting because you can then pass through the Mirrors and it's mm. like a flipped version of the world. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, that's yeah, always that cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. You, or yeah. like, um, it's the case of if you do one thing, if you do something in one dimension, when you go into the other dimension, it will be reflected in there. So, yeah. like, if you manage to open this door in this dimension, when you go into the other dimension, that door has now also been opened. So it's like, oh, you can solve puzzles that way. And if you put down the Taj, you could even, if there are two of each, you can mm. mirror it, and then it's like a fun twist on the, the exploration. What if there was like a sort of shadow version of each of the player characters that were controlled by the, the haunt master or whatever they're called. Um, I think that is a haunt is in it? the God original. <laughs> like in this is the problem. Sh- yeah, there have been a lot of them. 
pretty sure in Betrayal there is a haunt where you have to basically fight a version of yourself. Yeah, like that, that sounds that, familiar. Yeah. Like Shadow Link. Link. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Link. Yeah. I've got I've got one. Uh, it, I don't know how you would do it. You'd need detachable models or something or tokens. Dismember them. <laughs> the the player characters are yeah they are split into like head limbs and torso across the house but each re- then gains sentience yeah, like and a, moves independently and the idea is you have to try it. and come back together to reform your body I like that. but the traitor is trying to stop you from doing it that and they're maybe trying to form like a new Homunculus. person out of spare parts of the others what's oh. you oh and it could be affected in your stats or something yeah so like yeah yeah Once if you, you get, if, yeah yeah, what well, every bit that you get back, you're, you get Boost you get that bit of your stat back or something. So or, like, or they okay. can steal your stats. So like, yeah, or the, they can steal the it by gets mm. like the smartest person's head. They get the best head stat or brain stat, mm. whatever it is. Not head yeah. stat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a quick a quick correction. Thank you, God Convoy. Uh, Hasbro Pulse is where they basically announce um, big things, including crowdfunding. Uh, projects, but also just like collector's editions and okay. like bigger products. Uh, HasLab is the is the crowdfunding part of it, so it's kind of linked to it. But I was wrong in saying that it's just the crowdfunding part. They're so just, thank they're you for real good at that branding, aren't they? <laughs> HasLab. HasLab. Uh, mm. Chris Love says. Chris Love says you try to convince your friends your house is haunted. Uh, you got to survive a comedy of errors. Maybe everyone dies. Huh. Oh, geez. So Where's... kind of like a, a haunted house, like a ghost uh, tunnel? Not a ghost tunnel. It's like it a ghost tunnel that leads to the spooky cowboys. <laughs> yeah, it could be like um, spoilers for um, oh my god, what is the film that's basically a riff on horror films? Oh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, yeah. Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Reclaimed Denizen says Evil Dead. That's a good, actually a good pick. I saw Evil Dead 2 last year for the first time. <laughs> that film. Was oh, so man, cool. I love Evil Dead 2. So yeah, it's great. It's so stupid. One? No, that's Evil Dead 3. That's Evil the Dead. Evil Dead 2 is the one, like the one that most people watch. They don't really bother with Evil Dead 1. But Evil Dead 2 is when he's in the house the cabin and then things are just going everywhere like the the there is a dead deer head on the wall that tries to eat him (laughs) there are things in the basement that try to kill him oh benjamin dean just said sam raimi at his his best Um, oh oh, whoever um whoever becomes the haunt person like is now dead and they suddenly, everyone has to solve their murder. Like, it becomes like a, what happened? Who so killed Mysterium. Them? Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, Mysterium, yeah. It would be pretty cool, actually, yeah. Just, like, they can they can direct you or, in, or like, nudge you in the right directions, but yeah. they can't tell you which room to go in specifically. There are co-op ones, like, in hmm. Betrayal, but there, there aren't really co-op ones where someone is playing as, like, a different person. Yeah, I like, think the only co-op one I can think of is the treasure one, right? Where you have to try and find treasure. There's quite a few. It's usually they're usually the worst ones, though. To oh, be yeah, honest, because no. they're usually <laughs> ones where you fight a giant monster or something. Or I think I think there's a spider one that that might be that, like where you fight spiders or something. Mm. And they're usually the, most, the least interesting because they feel like they've had the least amount of effort put into them. But um, 
yeah for my pick it would be um so obviously the last few years indie horror games have gotten really popular so there's loads of various ideas that betrayal could take and i've played a lot of forewarned and phasmophobia um what about one where you have to like collect different clues to like figure out i don't know there's like a table for this particular haunt and like it's randomly generates what it is and then you need to correct like the correct clues to guess what the thing is and then when you do you you win and escape the house yeah, so like, like you're like lot. yeah you're like i'm gonna find this item a ghost box for example and going to go and try and use it in the different rooms of the house to try and get see if they respond to that or something mm. like that and then the the person who's playing the ghost or whatever has to like has opportunities to try and hunt them down and like yeah. stop you and they've like rolled on a table to pick a random ghost and they have the stats that they have yeah. to say yes or no to and stuff i don't have a yeah. cool idea i think yeah. phasma would be a really easy board game tie-in by the way like if, if anyone's thinking about doing it um I will say I like the idea from Truth as well that says, what about just using that Silent Hill ending with the dog? <laughs> Where it's revealed that <laughs> the entire game has been uh, the brainchild of a Shiba Inu that's just yeah. calling levers in the background. <laughs> Alrighty. Should yeah. we answer some, uh, some right. more questions before we, before we shoot off? We could do. I haven't pulled any from the chat, so if you've Good pulled job, some... Man. Fantastic. If anyone's got some <laughs> if anyone's got some questions for us in the live chat, let us know. You can also get Yeah, drop them in now. Email. And and I'll fill for a few minutes by saying I have another whole idea that popped mm. into my mind, uh, which is I watched Spencer recently, which is the film about Diana, um, from uh Paolo Lorraine, I think, who did Jackie, which is also a good film. Uh, and I am I'm not a I'm not a fan of the royal family. Um, but I found it really interesting to watch because neither is that film. Uh, and it's basically uh, Kristen Stewart, who's very good uh, as Diana, basically trying to avoid <laughs> the whole royal family mm. um, the whole time because it's uh, after Prince Charles's uh, infidelity has been revealed. Um, so she's just like trying to just stay away from them. And I think there would be something fun in a betrayal at House on the Hill haunt where you are just trying to avoid family members that are just like toxic <laughs> family members. You're a big house, like, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have to find excuses to leave yeah. constantly uh, to go into a different room. Mm. I mean, there's um, there's a, a retro video game I am always fascinated by called Clock Tower, which was released on the SNES mm. many years ago. And uh, it's really ahead of its time. It's really cool. And it's a game where you have to play this young woman who's been adopted. She's an orphan. She's been adopted with several other orphans. This house by a mysterious and very kind benefactor, only to discover that actually uh, it's not as innocent and lovely as it seems. Uh, and there is a, a murderer hiding in the house trying to kill you. And you have to basically go between the different rooms of the house finding various items and clues you need to to complete the game but um it's randomly generated so like the the various pieces appear in random areas of the house and also there are certain events that will happen depending on where you go when so i imagine maybe they could do something like that where you're working together against a killer and the killer can basically use a hidden set of like tunnels to like appear in different places and try and 
try and trigger these events but yeah that's a good idea there was i think widow's walk did introduce the um what's it called like the uh the lift that you send yeah. food up and down yeah. in. The dumb dumbwaiter. Yeah. The the dumbwaiter. I the, thought the dumbwaiter was included. Oh no, it might have been the widow's walk thing, yeah. Isn't there also sure a, a core game thing? No, it is the dumb the dumbwaiter is is a widow's walk thing. The widow's walk is at the attic and the dumbwaiter. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and the new haunts as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's and there's it. like the the campaign, which is like the witch is something, uh which 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 uh where they all link together and then you unlock them at the end. It's cool. I really like Widow's Walk. Uh, I feel like it was vastly overlooked. Uh, I love Widow's Walk. I honestly think it's one of the best expansions like you can get. Well, like the what it adds to that game is just fantastic. Here's like, a and the horse in there. Here's a sort mm. of segue because our one of our questions that we've been asked by Troost, who has been a Dicebreaker Plus member for six months now. Thank you very much, Troost. Is uh, I don't know if this has been asked before, but what spin-off games are better than the original? I'd be arguing for Monopoly deal. And I know that we're talking about an expansion there, but spin-off expansion, they're in the similar realms. So that is our first question of the day. What spin-off games are much better than the original from our member Troost? I think I... The, the only, like, spin-off game that I I can remember playing and really liking, like, better than the original, is Bang the Dice game. And that is literally just, like, they took Bang... And they were like, what if we made this just better? <laughs> and then Agreed, just, you yeah. know, just made it dice-based. And like, I think there is definitely a, a case of, uh, you know, you try and reinvent something just, just for like a fun sort of spin-off. And then it ends up just being a better game than the original. Monopoly Deal is a really good example as well. I know Matt Jarvis constantly talking about Monopoly Deal, how much he likes it. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I wrote a thing for the site about exactly that. And I think, yeah, like Monopoly, you know, Plenty has been said on Monopoly, the original, but I think Deal actually understands kind of what's... It's weird, right? It takes the worst things about that game and focuses on them, but it somehow then flips it to make it fun because there's not the like the long, drawn-out pretending that it's anything other than that. It is just, like, brutal, like, capitalist, like, I'm charging you millions in rent and just forcing you into bankruptcy. So in some ways, it goes back to... What Monopoly was originally about as the landlord's game, mm. uh, and also it takes like ten minutes, so you're not playing for like four hours. Uh, yeah, so I, I, says, yeah. Someone say seven wonders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one, no one says that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have picked Bang as well. Either Bang the dice game, or um, I actually like. The Resistance Avalon more than yes. the Resistance. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. Um, I think the roles are more interesting. I've got uh, like here as well. because with with uh, the resistance, they don't have those specific roles. They they just kind of have the 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 good guys and the bad guys. Mm. Whereas Avalon, they add all these like hidden roles with like abilities to to the game as well, which just spices it up a bit more. So yeah, I'll probably say. Yeah, the resistance Avalon. It's a good answer. Yeah. It's a very good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mian, hello. Would you like to read this next question from Sam Pauly? Yeah, betrayal related question. <gasps> hmm. Whenever my group plays it, we reach a point where we get so confused by the rules of the haunt that we open both books and try to make sense of it together. Is that normal? 
Yeah. No. Would, I'd <laughs> no, say with some haunts, that yeah. is, yeah. Sometimes, like, because the problem is because you've got one person who then is in charge of learning the rules for the, uh, for the like, you know, the, the baddie side. Sometimes they'll go off and they'll just be like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Which kind of, like, kills the idea of hidden information and stuff because they're just like, I need help. <laughs> but I think I it's because it... I tend to play a lot of games with people who don't really play board games very often. That, like, specific mm. scenario where you read the rule book and you're like, okay, I don't quite understand this particular mechanic or this particular keyword or whatever. I feel like there are ways of asking someone about those things without giving away mm. what you need to do. Like, I think if you're, like, discreet about it and just be like, what does mean, like, maybe say, what does the keyword mean? And they might be like, mm. oh, it means you need to do this, like, uh, or it means you need to put this thing there. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. But you can keep the general sort of, I know what you need to do, it's still like a secret. Um, yeah. Go on, that. No, there are definitely, it's one of the, the things I like about the game, but also one of it, I think it's flaws and one of the things that does frustrate people Messy, is, yeah. Th yeah, the rules can be very loose and vague at points, which mm. I think is fun in some ways because you can, it kind of just leaves it open and it means that it moves quite quickly the basics of moving between rooms and doing stuff but it does then mean that when it layers other stuff on top you can just find yourself in positions like is this part of the haunt is this part of like the normal rules like which book am i looking at here is it in the traitor's tome or is it in secrets of survival is it in the main rule book so yeah it it keeps things vague in a way that sometimes can be a little bit too loose and things fall between the cracks but yeah, it I is messy. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're finding yourself kind of like hitting these points, like I wouldn't worry too much about it. Like ultimately if you're having fun, that's the main thing, right? It's like it doesn't yeah. matter if you look at both books, because it's not it's probably not really gonna spoil loads. It's not like a, a major secret a lot I, of the time about how to win. I do think one of the big improvements they could make in this next edition is just rewriting that bloody rule book. Mm. Like Well that yes, yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Betrayal Legacy did a lot of that work so I would yeah because it also Learn changed the way that dice rolls work um with the haunts and i think it's it's much better uh so hopefully a lot of that just carries over mm. uh i'll read this final one from reclaim dayton uh to what extent do you think of the use of mathematics to examine games uh v nintendogs uh not a comparison i expected to that extent do you see games as a fun way to waste time a simulation or something else entirely uh thank you for your question what? little bit confused about what <laughs> I'm a tiny bit so i think what they're asking is people who look at games very mathematically when oh, they are playing them so card. like yeah here's the probability of like drawing the certain card or if i move here like dice rolls and things like that like really kind of breaking down into the hard numbers behind it um and i think some people enjoy that stuff for me that's not why i play games yeah. i play games to have a fun time and not think too hard about that like i play by gut most of the time so i think i i agree with you in that sense matt but there are very certain scenarios where i think like a little bit of like breaking down the odds of things happening is actually really fun mm. where it's just like you know if you think of something like pandemic where it's like okay we just put four cards on top and we know that like two of them would cause an outbreak so we've got a 50 50 chance of this yeah. door screwing up you know like just those really simple equations where it's just like, okay, 
how likely are we to pull this off? You know, like how how close are we to actually being destroyed? Because then when it doesn't go wrong, you know, you're like, oh my god, we only had a one in four, all that kind of stuff, which is really fun. Um, but I think I agree. Like most of the time, I try to avoid that kind of full picking apart, min maxing stuff. So just. First of all, yeah. I'm not smart enough to do it, but second of all, <laughs> I just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't really interest me. That's not really how I play games either. Like strategy games, I will obviously a lot of a lot of the basis of strategy games is trying to look ahead to to determine like is my opponent going to do this, or do I think they're going to try and do something else, and how can I anticipate that? Um, and even like. Even games like Camel Up have like a probability element of mm. like determining, oh, should I take this card or do I bet on this camel? But uh, yeah, that kind of numbers way, like numbers and I don't really get along as it is, <laughs> let alone like playing games like that. That that kind of thing often like stresses me out where mm. uh, I, I there are games. It's why I, I can be very cautious towards certain Euro games mm. when they're like very geared towards that kind of thinking of efficiency is like everything and if you don't if you aren't efficient you just cannot Matt Jarvis container games you mean do this yes. game yeah container game look container container is not one of those games because it's all driven by people mm. uh, it's driven by the people around the table and those are my like to kind of answer the second part of this like being games is like a fun way to waste time a simulation or something else I think the great thing about games is they can be all of those things yes, depending on yeah. the game like there are war games that are like very simulationist and for people who are into that stuff like that's great you know if you want to count individual arrows in a fantasy game there'll be a game that lets you do that but there are also games that are very much like theater of the mind and focus around storytelling and social interaction um and those tend to be where i find more of the fun like i like games that like like you were saying it's like building parts of the probability but make it easy enough for everyone to understand because i think you know cards that say like there are like love letter tells you exactly how many of each card mm. are in the deck and there's only 14 cards so it's fairly easy to keep track of what's out but games i think games that then try to like like people that come at it and like well i can just spend two hours analyzing this and it means that i'll win every time like that's you know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. If everyone around the table was happy with that, that's fine. But I think that can sometimes just like kill the the atmosphere of a game. Like they're they're better in motion, right? It's like like you can write a really interesting article about probability in something, but when you're playing it around a table, that's probably not the time yeah. for that. Speaking of not the time, I think we are coming up to the end of our podcast. So uh, we are. Yeah, let's call it there. Thank you uh, again, Michael Oswealan, for being here. That's all right. I've got. Thank you, Alex. Uh, me and this liquid on me oh. that Toto has put on. Ominous me. liquid. I'm not sure what it is. That's why I'm. Is... I'm like, let's let's maybe end this podcast so I can go wash my hands. <laughs> the name uh, of the betrayal horn I'm gonna make is <laughs> ominous liquid. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you for joining us, Alex. Me and. Uh, I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you've been in the chat, we will be back live as usual next Friday from 2 p.m. GMT. I will hopefully have internet. That doesn't mean that this is very awkward and stilted. <laughs> we'll see. Join us next about. week to find out. Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, until... subscribe. <laughs>
to the channel. Hell yeah. Go on join, down to dicebreaker.com. Join Dicebreaker Plus. We literally recorded a video for it today. It was very exciting and fun. Uh, it was click the bell to get notifications <laughs> and the like button and then go to dicebreaker.com to read really good articles. Uh, yes, uh, do all of that, uh, but most importantly, stay safe out there. Uh, look after yourselves. Uh, look after those around you, and we will be back this same time next Friday. But until then, have a lovely day. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.